Normally, this is when I would start the podcast by saying, come on in, guys. But I want to try something new. Oh. Oops. What up? <laughs> yeah. It's time for another episode of Outwatch. <laughs> I think that lands better. <laughs> A Survivor yeah. rewatch oh. podcast. What up? <laughs> what up? <laughs> Oh, my name is Alex, your host and guide, and we are trekking through Survivor China. It's 15th season, and today we are recapping, rewatching, and reacting to the seventh episode of the season titled I'm Not As Dumb As I Look. Whether this is your first viewing, viewing of Survivor China, whether you're rewatching it along with us, or whether you're reminiscing on seasons past, we hope that this podcast is your wonderful companion to your journey. But I'm not alone, folks. Not alone. In fact, I'm joined by three of my friends who are experiencing this season for the very first time. And they are, of course, doing this rewatching, recapping, and reacting along with me. So before we venture deep into this episode, it's time you are acquainted with them. First off, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here, Alex. What up? What up? <laughs> uh, this is the merge episode, folks. Um, our tribes are merged. And one thing that takes up, frankly, too much airtime this episode is them coming up with the name. They land on Heidafeng, which is Black Fighting Wind. Um, I believe also that's what the others refer to the smoke monster as on on lost i made this joke pre-recording so they're not laughing but believe me they did the first time <laughs> i feel like you said it better the first time <laughs> i get it uh, so you know they they did an okay job with this tribe name i'd say but we're here to do an even better job so adam if if you were to rename our merged tribe uh what would you call it um I would have named the tribe uh, Lopan. What's that mean? Um, so Lopan is the uh, villain in Big Trouble Little in Little China. Um, <laughs> okay. He he's he's being held captive by an evil spirit, kept as a like fleshless immortal being, and he he kidnaps a girl to uh, to, to to break the curse. Great Chris Farley movie. Huge fan. <laughs> that sounds about like Survivor. <laughs> Surprise! What happens every season? Surprise that that hasn't been a reward to watch that <laughs> film. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's what I. That's what I. Would, I was trying to think of any villain I knew from a kung fu movie, but the only one I know is <laughs> really Trouble in Little China. Big trouble in Little China. <laughs> Fantastic. I've seen other Kung Fu movies. I just don't know the names of the villains. It's bad news. Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. How would you name our merged tribe? The Sherman Merge House. Oh! <laughs> that was good. Keep that joke alive. That's what I would do. In the immortal words of Courtney Yates. I enjoyed! Oh boy. Oh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. What up? 
uh, Scott, what would you name this tribe? I have no idea what to name this tribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first thought, we were just stayed on the black theme, and um, I was just talking about like WandaVision, and like the like staying on the Marvel, the Black Panthers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it would make more sense than Black Fighting Wind. Yeah, they're like it's been windy, so <laughs> I guess the well, it has been windy. <laughs> what about <laughs> um, like the black muddy feet? <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that's happened a lot. Um, or the concussions from the first two episodes. Oh gosh, I was wondering. Like, I don't know a lot about the art of war, but I was wondering if there was like a reference we could pull because isn't that the book that they kind of gave them? Yeah, them mm-hmm. they keep referencing. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, I, I off the top of my head, I don't know anything. Have to do some research. Yeah, but they. I feel like they could have come up with something from that. Maybe like they did have a copy of it. We supposed to you read know, it. You know, we haven't seen them read the Art of War in a grip. I I wonder if that's wow. becoming less relevant to their overall strategy for <laughs> playing the game. I bet it is. Jeff's gonna pull up on like day thirty nine and be like, "And the final twist of this season is not who gets the most votes, but rather you'll all take an AR test on the Art of War, <laughs> <laughs> and whoever scores the highest wins." <laughs> I love I love the idea that they all have to give a book report on the yeah. Art of War, and then the jury is their <laughs> their graders on it. <laughs> how many AR points? Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many AR points is the Art of War? Jesus. Worth? It's gotta be worth at least eleven. It's got. It's got. Is there like a cap on AR points? I'm I don't know. Up. The art of war. AR points. Uh, six. <laughs> That's not a lot for what you're reading. <laughs> it definitely doesn't seem like one you just take the test and like hope to get like a seventy on. Did you? Your Emily's looking at me. Did I feel like I did this, but maybe we should. I feel like maybe some of our listeners might not know what the <laughs> actual heck we're talking about right now. <laughs> oh, I think it pulled up. Uh, this is um, not fair, but somebody wrote a book. Sean Price wrote a book called "The Art of War." Colon, the posters of World War Two. Oh, maybe that feels that's like a six point. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So a- AR was if you if you read a book, then you could do you had to do a little test to prove that you read the book, and then yeah, you got a certain number of points, points yeah. and you could like buy stuff with points. Right? Yeah, they would give you garbage for it. Yeah, so. yeah, we did that. I remember sitting down and like them explaining that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, because I read all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did at other schools. At my school, we just got like pizza from Pizza Hut. <gasps> Um, Man, or 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 we got to go to uh, the Wiz- the Fort Wayne Wizards, the minor league baseball team at the time. They were they weren't always the Tin Caps. Mm-mm. That, that happened when I was in high school. They huh. became the Potheads when I was like later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they it used to be this really crappy stadium. It was honestly a, fun, a fine stadium, but it was just tiny. This really like just a bunch of aluminum bleachers outside of. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. The Col- the Fort Wayne Coliseum. And then they, they built the stadium downtown, rebranded as the Tin Caps. So. Hmm. I like to imagine, you know, like every they're sitting in like a booth taking the AR test, like 
you've got like the Zach Galifianakis gif where there's like the the numbers and like <laughs> equations <laughs> fading over their face. Jeff's over here like commenting like it's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> James takes an early lead. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean an early lead, Jeff? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Pause, though, real quick. Was that the clip that was actually Jeff speaking in that clip? Yeah. Yeah. He, okay, we say that all the time, and I feel like we've just kind of created a caricature of it, <laughs> and we say it so nasally, and we're like, it's happening right now, but that's actually what he sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Jeff, who are you? Did they replace you? It's it rained a lot right that season, now. so he probably it's had really a cold. <laughs> There's a lot of fighting wind that season. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed I the. I knew op- we'd bring it back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it works. It was relevant. I missed the opportunity to to use this last episode in relation to the Charmin tea house. I probably pooped on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore now that you've got Charmin. Right. Anyway. Focus, children. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a trip down to Tree Mail and walk through the finer points of this merge episode of Survivor China. What do you say? Yes. Let's do it. So this episode opens with PG trying to convince James to continue to working to continue to work with them after the merge rather than returning to uh, his former Fei Long members. And shortly afterwards, James sneakily gets the Jean Hu idol to add to his Fei Long idol. He now has two idols. He's on Survivor and he has two idols, as he says. Uh, Courtney, on the other hand, feels unsupported by her tribe and her issues with Jean Robert. She feels hurt that they didn't listen to her and vote him out and that he's still here. Um, and then Eric finds the, quote, idolish looking other piece of wood on the ground that James knocked off but didn't take with him. And he gives it to Jamie, suspecting that it might be another idol. Later that day. Jamie goes through James' bags to find those idols. Um, they're folded up in his pants, but it's late at night, so she can't really see the details of it other than knowing it's a big wooden square like the one that she's been given. And now, folks, we merge. They're going to go to the Feilong Beach. They name their tribe. They paint the flag. They get a feast, and they experience some performances. Uh, Courtney Yates illustriously says this regarding the festivities. Boo challenges. Yay feast. An alternate opening title question was going to be much like, you know, this is survivor. This is Courtney's survivor thesis statement. Boo challenges. (laughs) Yay. Yay feasts. What's yours? (laughs) (laughs) Mine would maybe be like boo idol nullifiers. Yay. Uh, I don't know what. Yay llama noises. (laughs) Anyway. Jeff then wanders into camp. What up? Uh, Jeff. He performs their immunity challenge right then and there. They've got to remember the events from the merge because remember, this game never stops. Oh my gosh. Ever. Ever. That was so ominous when he said it. For when it does. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Frosty ends up winning this one. He's got the best memory of them all. Uh, Later, Jean Robert abjectly threatens Todd if he ever turns on him. 
And then uh, Jamie tells Todd that she knows who has the idol, <laughs> which yeah. was a great scene. <laughs> and if they keep him around, uh, if they keep her around, she'll tell him that. Well, well, this is just a fantastic scene. We'll get into it. And then now at Tribal, Jamie plays her idol, but it's not an idol. Uh, Jeff throws it into the fire. All the votes for her count. And sadly, Jamie is voted out here by a vote of seven to three. It's those former Jean who's uh, PG, Jamie and Eric who vote together towards Jean Robert and all the rest of the votes land on Jamie, making her the first member of our jury and Adam, the second member of your tribe eliminated. Uh, why don't you do the honors for Jamie's game here? What went wrong for her? And give us your your reminiscence upon her game. Um, Jamie honestly didn't play that terrible, terrible of a game. No. Uh, overall, she kind of had a decent idea of what was happening. She helped come up with the strategies for throwing the challenges and things like that, which as crappy as all that was, it was objectively a pretty good strategy. Um, same thing with her moves, trying to prevent herself from being sent home. Whether she actually believes that she has the idol or not, she's definitely playing it up and trying to pretend like, yeah, no, I do have it. She just unfortunately tries to bluff all of the wrong people. Yeah. Um, and as much as like, I, I was laughing at her while it was happening. I also like recognize you got to try it. Yeah. Right. If yeah. there's a chance that this saves you, like, yeah, you have to play that. Like it, you know, as silly as it was, it was like, yeah, no, that makes sense to do though. Um, so yeah, I honestly, like I was a pretty big fan of Jamie's game. I don't think she was ever actually going to win it just from her position in the game, but you know, it was fun to see her play. Be interesting to see if Eric does anything now, but <laughs> Yeah, I uh, was impressed with Jamie on this rewatch. I didn't really remember much about her. Um, it also has been, you know, upwards of 12 plus years since I've watched this season, but I uh, was really impressed with Jamie. She was a little kind of goofy about her strategy sometimes, you know, the kind of like laughing and throwing puzzle pieces into the woods of it all. But she was here to play, and that's more than you can say for about half this cast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. watching her this season. Um, let's start. Well, first of all, some history here. This is a historic episode, folks. This is the first time in Survivor history that somebody plays something at a tribal council thinking it's a hidden immunity idol and it's not. We got that first first time ever. Wow. We got that last season when we watched Jay do it in Millennials vs. Gen X. Um, but this is the first time it happens chronologically in survivor you can definitely tell jeff is like eating it up too right he's like really chewing the scenery he's like uh the rules of survivor state that if a hidden immunity idol is played all votes will not count this is not (laughs) a hidden immunity idol throws it into the fire (laughs) Uh. really loving it um we this is completely unrelated. Sorry, I just noticed this. I'm looking at the spreadsheet right now. Yeah. The first player that got eliminated for... Oh, no. I guess it doesn't work for Emily. But the first 
for Scott and I, the first player that got eliminated in our tribe was our last picks. And mm-hmm. then the second player that got eliminated was our second pick. And I thought it was true for Emily, but she's almost flipped and out quite. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, it is really I did notice this. It's this happens all the time. It's wild how balanced these tribes always end up being. It's like we're yeah. at the first episode post merge. Everybody's down to tribe members. Uh, I think we had an even like everybody lost one before anybody lost two, you know? Yeah, no, it, it was each each tribe lost one and then we've gone through and each tribe has lost two now. Like, yeah. Yeah. And similarly, everybody's lost their second pick and either their last pick or second to last pick. Yeah, we're very good at this, Alex. <laughs> it honestly is pretty impressive. <laughs> we're pretty good at this point. <laughs> Um, rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> Fantasy Survivor on Outwatch is rigged. <laughs> Let's do the usual here and um, start with our our episode highlights. This is, um, I think, maybe my favorite episode to this point. This was a lot of. It's either this one or the last one. I've had a lot of fun with both of them. Um, Emily, why don't you start? What was your highlighting moment from this episode? Um. I let's see. I was really intrigued by the idol play just because, well, that's actually something I was wondering. I'm glad that you shared that this was the first time that a fake idol was used. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to, I don't think we've talked about this, but like this, and if we have, tell me, but this just seemed like such a bizarre idol. Like they oh, genuinely sure. yeah. could not have found it without getting every single clue. So is that typical? Is this like, do we see a switch? Because I know the last um, Millennials versus Gen X, the aisles were very brightly marked. Right. This one was totally opposite. Like, is this well? And it's not early like Survivor. Or like no, none, none of the idols that we've seen are like like the idols we've seen have been like these necklaces, these things that yeah. are like yeah. inherently other things. Right. This was a piece of decoration on top of a pagoda. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, they've done this a couple times. The like hidden in plain sight idols that are, you know, they don't look like idols. Yeah, you're right. They look like set dressing. (laughs) Um, There's been like a I think maybe just two times that they've done this sort of idol type. But yeah, like it, I think is supposed to, you know, you're supposed to look, you know, walk past it every day and not think twice until you get the clues. Right. It's also in in a time for sure where. There is less of a proliferation of hidden immunity idols. Like we saw this last episode where um, like Todd tells Amanda like, "Okay, I've got the idol clues. And she was like, oh, I didn't even know there was an idol, which is indicative of the like time period of this season. Right. Where it's less Mm -hmm. of a given that's less in your face. It's less ubiquitous. Right. So I think it's the combination of those that. Um, that this can work, right? That the hidden in plain sight thing can work if it looks not like an idol and they're in this world where they're less. Um, I don't know if you do the same setup in season 40, somebody's like prying everything off that looks like an idol and finding it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that, so that's helpful. And then, yeah, I think it was just really interesting because like I felt really bad for Jamie because she was really trying to play it up, you know, and I yeah. think that's definitely the right move there. But it was interesting to just see kind of how that played out, especially when she came up to Todd and was like, oh, I have secrets. And he's like, 
Really? Yeah, that was so <laughs> good. <laughs> Todd's testimonial. In, yeah, what did he say? It was really funny. What, what did he say? He was like, she's on the, the small bike in back. In and the she, back. Yeah, yeah. She's pedaling she, as fast she, as she can. She needs to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Choice. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Which, you know, she was playing the game and props to her. But yeah, it totally. just wasn't. She, wasn't it? She was just so she she just bluffed so many of the wrong people yeah, yeah. she did it was yeah. so unfortunate like, and like jamie pg and eric here are in such a bad spot yeah like, they are yeah she they're so down in the numbers everybody that they anticipated reuniting with has jumped ship you know james is back to the other group frosty is still with the other group sharia is gone right they're like kind of uh up a creek without a paddle. Um, Adam, what about you? What's your highlighting moment from this episode? Um, man, Todd's testimonial while Jamie's trying to bluff him about the idol is, yeah, it's definitely good. up there. Um, I guess to say something else, I feel like this is something that a the 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 reward with the feast and everything, yeah. I really liked that. I guess it wasn't like an outright reward, but yeah, like, just the merge feast, you know, the merge feast. I really like that. I feel like they're doing, generally speaking, the gross food challenge last week excluded. Yeah, uh, they're doing a really, really good job of sticking with their theme in a way that's not like really that intrusive to the actual like act of playing the game. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I just really I really like that. The little things i also like that they showed if if you go back like you can see everything that jeff ultimately asked a question about mm -hmm. so it's there's kind of this like play along like did you notice these things like they yeah. showed you each time the firecrackers went off and that the dancers were weren't wearing shoes and you know the the colors of the, the pole and everything yeah like it was just it was really cool how they like actually interconnected all of this into you as the viewer mm -hmm. to like play along at home yeah yeah, I liked that, too. Yeah. And then you're sitting there like it was yellow, you idiots. And it's like, yeah. oh, I saw this 20 minutes ago and it's been a day and a half for them. Scott, what about you? What's your highlighting moment here? Um, Besides just like the, the merge in general, like. I loved James talking about um, if Jamie would play the idol or not. Yeah. Um, where he was like really looking forward to the prospect of her playing an idol that's not an idol. Yep. <laughs> like that part was, I was cracking up at. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Um, but besides that, yeah, just like the merge in general, I think is like the big thing, you mm -hmm. know, nothing. Yeah. In, I don't really know much of, in particular about it, but just the merge. Yeah. Solidly good, entertaining episode. I made note of that. Uh, of James confessional there early in the episode too. Yeah. Where he's like, he, he sees that the other like board is gone. So he assumes that someone picked it up and he's imagining like what he's imagining how funny it'll be if somebody plays it thinking it's a real idol. And he's like, can't contain his laughter. He's like falling over in the jungle thinking about it. That was really good. Yeah. And I, during the tribal, when she played it, I forgot to like, make note of if he like reacted in any strongly in any way or not <laughs> the, the like shots we got of him were of him like i think 
this is another broad note I made. It was I think it was last episode where everybody realizes that they're on a TV show and they start like (laughs) some of them have realized it for a long time. But uh, the last couple episodes, everybody's like playing it up for the camera now. But yeah, as she's playing it, the the shots of James are him like laughing and then like quickly reverting to like a stoic face like, oh, I wasn't laughing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. And uh, again, historic moment. The first non-idol, which is played at a tribal council. There's the your survivor trivia for the day. It was Jamie something Dugan. Did feel, something did feel different about this episode. Watching it. Yeah. <laughs> History was being made. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go through here some of the, um, the bigger parts here. As I think back now, there weren't a whole lot of like um nuanced moments i just thought that the whole thing was like really solid really entertaining from like top to bottom between yeah from jamie picking up the fake idol going through james's stuff to the merge and the merge feast there's like lots of fun confessionals surrounding the merge you know into the the jamie trying to swindle todd of it all into the playing of the the fake thing it's like just all fun. Uh, let's talk about Jamie going through the bags of James. This is a thing in some Survivor seasons, which becomes um, a pretty big storyline when someone does it, because some people think that that is like an an ethical boundary which has been crossed. Right? Let's talk through the ethics of going through bags in Survivor, uh, folks. When We saw Jamie doing this, going through James' personal effects to find his idols. Did you have a negative reaction? Did you think that this was not okay? Um, yeah. I was honestly, for a second, I was like, is she going to try and, like, steal the idol from him? But then I was like, oh, she's just looking. But also, yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking about it. Like I I actually had a lot of thoughts when she started doing it. And I was like, on one hand, I was like, this is not okay. On the other hand, she's proven to be someone who will be really, you know, she'll take risks to try and make it in this game. So this is kind of on par with what, you know, I would expect from her. And then I was like, oh gosh, is she going to steal it? And then I was like, is she going to get caught? And then I was like, but Jane, like, that's not fair. Like, what do you, do if you have idols you mm-hmm. the only place you can hide unless you like bury them in the sand or something is yeah. put them in your bag where you expect no one to go through it i don't know right well and that's that's the thing is it i i can understand i can understand there being an argument that like no it's totally fine if people want to like search through people's bags like you should be aware that's a possibility um personally i feel like that's too far like i i would expect there to be a sacred thing in this game that is like this is my stuff yeah my stuff every (laughs) every everything on this beach is our stuff but this is my stuff yeah unless you're troyzan on survivor one world this is my island my (laughs) stuff We'll never watch that season because it's a bottom five all-time season. Okay. 
it doesn't sound great. Yeah, like, <laughs> see, I I understand why Jamie did. I understand why there is like an argument that this is an acceptable component of the game. I didn't like it though. Interesting. I'm surprised to hear that take from you. I yeah. I'm a little bit surprised too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was a little... oh no, it's all you. Oh yeah, sorry. I was gonna say I was a little surprised that she didn't swap, like swap one of the idols for like the. Oh, the empty. oh god, that would have killed me. So that's she... that's against the rules. That's a great idea, but you can't. There's no rule that says you can't go through people's things, but you can't like steal a like an idol or something that's in someone's possession from them they have to like willingly give it to you i did not know that yes it's not like ever said on the show actually there's one occurrence in which it's said because it's like a thing but um beyond that yet people can't like steal idols out of people's bags okay interesting okay but yeah i I wasn't okay with it either. I was kind of, I felt bad about the whole thing. Hmm. I think that so what, three for three. I think that what we do see though, is that at some point in survivor, the, um, the standard practice is to actually go bury it somewhere, right? Like knowing that somebody could look through your bag and find it on you. Instead, you like, yeah, you find a remote place and you bury it <laughs> and then you go unbury it when you need it, you know? I just wear it around my neck. This is my idol. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with as ineffective as most idols are, you're probably better off just flaunting it for everybody, making people nervous. Like, Unfortunately, James couldn't wear these around his neck because they're planks. He's strong enough. He could have found a way to drill two holes in them and strung them up. Walking around with the idol around your neck like, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so James has these in his bag, like wrapped around as his like pair of pants, you know, and I saw that and thought that, yeah, you know, like Eric is sitting there right next to her as she's doing this. And he's probably like, man, I wish that Jamie was going through my pants instead of James. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) What up? Oh man. <laughs> uh okay, so at the merge. <laughs> Jeez. Uh I I think this is like an interesting point and it is the the it, I don't know, it's not really a tension because it's um there's not much uh question about it, but PG identifies that the way that they have a chance at this vote and going forward is if they have Frosty and James, right? So there's 10 people here. PG, Jamie, Eric are a group. And then the people that they need to have with them are Frosty and James. Frosty, who was with them previously. James, who is with them in the Swap Tribes. And we're really given no inclination from either of them that they, yeah, have any interest in rejoining that. But they're, they're in the swing position here, right? And even though the, the big story going into this Tribal Council is the... The, it's not even a fake idol. It's just the decor, <laughs> which is played as an idol. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, perhaps the most long lasting effect of this is Frosty and James deciding to stay with the Fei Long supermajority here 
um, kind of keeping Eric and PG um, and Jamie, who's now eliminated, really on the the wrong side of the numbers. Um, let's talk about Frosty and James' position to stay with Faye Long. Um, and if we think that that's a good decision for both of them going forward. Um, Scott, what was your first thought when Frosty and James both decide to stick with that group? Um, I don't know that I had a big reaction either way. I, I see where they're coming from. Cause that is where like the majority is at this moment in time. Um, so for now, like this is a good move now moving forward, you know, is it a good idea to, you know, be like middle tier to bottom of that gigantic cluster? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. So they'll probably have to make some more moves, but for today I can see where it has its perks. Emily, do you see this being a good long-term choice for Frosty and James? Um, I don't know. I think it's hard to tell because I think we need to see how this merge will kind of start to settle. Mm-hmm. I think Frosty has made a choice, though. Like, it will be very hard yeah. for him to go back to... That's the thing about this, right? Like, PG is a very strategic player. Mm-hmm. And she does not have the numbers right now, but I can see her trying to find, you know, shake something up and maybe she'll try and work with Frosty. But I think even if she does, that trust will be broken to some capacity. Yeah. And Frosty too, like we see this, like we saw this in millennials versus Gen X. Mm -hmm. You have a big alliance. Like if you're Frosty, you are at the bottom Mm -hmm. of that alliance you just joined because you tried to help remove shingles from your little <laughs> like he just kind of stumbled into that so he yeah he's not like in a power position in this alliance right now which yeah. is fine for now but yeah i don't i don't know how that will shake out i think like similarly do you guys expect you know that the what happens in these next two tribals, right, are like, OK, it's PG and Eric in some order unless someone wins immunity. Or do you think that, um, again, similarly to millennials versus Gen X, they think like, all right, we've got those two. We can get them out whenever we want. Like what happened with Jay, for instance. And they start to pick out some other people from within their ranks. Which of those scenarios do you think is more likely? I think they start picking out people from their ranks. They've been trying to get rid of Jean Robert for like ever. Every time they go to tribal council, someone is like advocating, advocating, advocating. And now that you can lose someone in your alliance and still have the numbers. Yeah. You you get rid of people that are causing tension. Like that just makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, There's an issue with their alliance and that like it's not super. Solidified, I guess it's kind of fractured it's a loose association of people that are working together for a relatively common goal but also there are enough independent people in that that they could easily spin off and do something to completely wreck todd's game because really Mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now is todd and amanda's coalition of people yeah so the question is how long do they keep that coalition of people together Mm mm-hmm and I think unless you start making sacrifices, like I really think that Courtney, they, they should have given into what Courtney wanted last tribal council 
and gotten rid of Jean Robert because I think you still could have had the numbers. And then you wouldn't have had Jean Robert telling. And you would have had um, a, a more solid. Todd, like, right. I will destroy you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have to worry about Jean Robert being on the jury. Yeah. You have Courtney as a more solid ally because she sees you as having her back. Yeah. You, you reinforce a lot of things by doing that. And unless they start doing things like that, I don't see how this alliance, how Todd and Amanda's coalition can stay together mm-hmm. as Todd and Amanda's coalition. So I, I really think the next episode, we're going to see a Fei Long person go home. Who that is, no idea. But. Yeah. Yeah, Jean Robert has gotten at least two votes at every tribal he's been to. So he's mm-hmm. not like he's <laughs> it's almost it's not an easy vote per se. Right. But it's it's like once somebody starts having their name thrown around, uh, it's really easy to bring it up again, you know, because you've already done some of the work. Right. You've crossed the bridge once. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, like like we said, they've been trying to get him out or at least some group of people on that tribe have been trying to get him out. Since the beginning of the game, so. Let's talk about that scene, too, that you alluded to between Todd and Jean Robert, where that that was a pretty wild, a pretty wild conversation. Yeah, Jean Robert is basically like, hey, we're like, good, final three, right? And Todd's like, yeah, for sure, totally. And he's like, great. And I like, hope I can trust you, because if you like screw me, you're dead. And yeah. uh, if you vote me out, I will go so hard to convince everybody on that jury not to vote for you. So don't vote me out, but we're cool, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, he yeah. He was even like, just so you know, like, I won't blame um, Amanda. Like, it yeah. will be you if I get voted out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was very odd. <laughs> it was wild. He is the bad this boy in Joker, though. So. <laughs> right. That's the kind the of stuff that, boy. yeah, the kind of stuff that the bad boys do, you know? Yep. Like ride Harleys and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did we was that this tribal? That was the last, last man. Yeah, we, didn't talk about it. we didn't talk about that at all. There's so much other stuff <laughs> where we talk about what would make Jean Robert a, a, a bad boy. It would it if he had a Harley, <laughs> would that do it? <laughs> oh man. Too bad it's we missed fun. out on that. It's- it's funny because that is that is a phrase that you you hear people throw around, but it doesn't really mean anything. It just kind of means that you're you're a dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> more often than not, they're like, "No, I'm a bad boy. I'm not a dick." Like, no, you're just kind of a prick, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> it means that you don't play by the rules and you don't care what other people think about you. <laughs> so you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not hear what came out of my mouth? Did you did you not did you not hear what came out of my mouth? <laughs> that clip kills me every time. <laughs> um let's also talk about um the the immunity challenge a little bit more. This was like a weird situation where Jeff, you know, saunters into camp, uh, you know, gives him the now iconic What up? <laughs> And they just kind of like plop down right there in the middle of camp and Jeff quizzes them on things about uh, about the merge feast. This was yeah, weird. Did, did no one notice there was like a new sitting area? Yeah. Camp? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, hold on a second. We need to build these benches so yeah. we can do 
do the challenge. Did you like this? Uh, this kind of shaking things up from the normal formula. Um. Yeah, I. I thought it made sense. I think this episode could just be summarized as like awkwardly intense. Yeah. Because they did the merge and everyone's like, I think Amanda was really funny. She had a couple of scenes where she's like, she pulled her buff out. She was the first person. She was like, they're black buffs, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were like flipping out. And Jeff was like, you're going to have a feast. And they were like, oh my gosh, a feast. Like so exciting. And then yeah. Jeff's like, yeah, it's so great. But remember, you are never done playing this game. And then they just show everybody's faces and everyone's just stone faced. Yeah. Give me such dramatic music, so, too. So dramatic. And then, yeah, they go to the um, the feast. And I think Amanda had another thing where she was like, what did she say? There's like, she said something like, there's barbecue pork, you guys. Like super joyful. And then, yeah, you know, then he comes up and it's just like, but do you remember? <laughs> I really like the Amanda, the idea of Amanda, the like Amanda meme being like, there's X, you guys, <laughs> in an excited way. <laughs> she said it twice in a rally. She was just full of joy. There's a Charmin tea house, you guys. <laughs> was, I think my favorite line from the uh, the feast was when one of the shoot one of the really bendy people um oh one of the performers yeah was doing like acrobatic stuff yeah yeah, yeah. she she like bent in a way that was just wild and oh, yeah. james is like sitting in, on the like side of the bench with everybody and he says i can do that yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good <laughs> so just, his delivery was so perfect yeah, it was. <laughs> james is a treasure <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was all <laughs> i the, the this clip that I've played a couple times now, what precedes it is like Courtney is describing the food. And then she also says, and there were also the choice of a number of alcoholic beverages, which I enjoyed. I it was quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we don't get enough Courtney. We, we don't get enough joyful Courtney. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Joyful- like peak Courtney, we get plenty of like attitude Courtney, where yeah. she rolls her eyes at Buddhist monks and whatnot. But <laughs> yeah, I need it all. It's all so good. <laughs> um, I also had to make note from this merge challenge. Um, the question of it was one of the very first ones. It was like, what was the centerpiece in the table? And everyone's like, a dragon, a dragon, a dragon. And then Eric writes down like. A slender, ornate soy sauce jar and a dragon. <laughs> I did it because, again, with the of this episode being like awkward intensity, Jeff was like, "What was the centerpiece of the table? Give me detail. Yeah, tell he, me what it was." His, and his so I think Eric was, was so like, intense. "Oh crap! Like I got a really." <laughs> <laughs> I've got to describe this slender soy sauce jar. Yeah. yeah, and that was the funny thing too, is like he really went in about this soy sauce jar and he's like, also there was a dragon. <laughs> right, he's like, exactly. 
looking for the Jurassic Here's, Park. Honestly, okay, to give to give a little bit of grace to Eric, I think that Eric did it on purpose. I think he was like, yeah, there's a dragon. And then he was like, I'm going to describe the hell out of the soy sauce. Thing. <laughs> Just like a joke. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> covering his faces because Jeff was like, tell me exactly who was on the table. I want to... I don't know if did we describe that this challenge was like if you get one question wrong you're out. Yeah, yeah. it was very intense. So it was yeah the really the challenge yet, but basically Jeff asked questions about things that happened at the ceremony. So like how many times did firecrackers go off? Uh, describe the centerpiece. What was the color of the pole that the knife the the sword climber climbed? Yeah, stuff like that. Just the things that. Normally, if you're not really paying attention, you might remember. But if you were really paying attention, you probably would remember. So um, I I really want to believe that Eric has more personality than we see. <laughs> I can't believe that he yeah. is this vanilla of a human being. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I haven't seen anything yet to prove <laughs> to convince me otherwise. <laughs> Another great Eric moment happened like really early on this episode where uh they're like it's like jamie and him are you know like hanging out in the shelter and jamie's like oh look the um those things on the like overhang are gone he's like huh <laughs> it's like whatever <laughs> she's like i wonder if it's like an idol or something he's like eh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> cracked me up he's like what whatever i don't care <laughs> And then, yeah, he's got the confessional where he's holding this thing and he's like, I don't know, it looks idolish. <laughs> what, yeah. what is this guy doing out here? <laughs> I feel like he just was not convinced. No. Okay. Also, they like, like, I know that they're they're setting the, the stage, but like they stained the wood in a way that when you took that thing off, there'd be a big white yeah, spot. That's For true. sure. Yeah. Like they did that so on purpose. Like that when they pulled it off, I was like, "That's ridiculous!" Like, yeah. why would yeah, someone? Why would someone do that? I, I mean, so it was—it's for yes. the drama, right? Yeah, so people notice it's gone. There's no subtle way to get it off. Then, yeah. yeah, that's like, well, and that's what I thought too. When James went back to his camp to get the second one, he's so tall, he just like reached up there and just snatched it off of the top of that thing. But you had like the other tribe when they had to get it, they had like. I don't even know how they did it, but they had to have some people standing on. I don't know what they did. They could just reach up and get it. Like there was, yeah. there was no subtle way to get that idol unless you were very tall. I actually, I really like this idea. This is something that people have, I think Rob himself has pitched this on his podcast before to like kind of deal with the problem in modern survivor of there maybe being too many idols and advantages floating around. Is that the, there's like um some sort of indicator right that when an idol is found everybody knows that an idol's found it's like you don't know who has found it but i don't know some there's some like flag out in the ocean or something right and when an idol's found it changes colors or something you know what i mean such this that it, it would be firework that goes off yeah a firework oh, man It'd be so choice if someone found an idol and a firework goes off. <laughs> like a flare is shot out from their location. <laughs> everyone's like, someone got the idol. Yeah. Fan out. <laughs> but what this would do is it would encourage the use of the idol, 
right? Because now everyone knows that someone has it. Like, if you don't burn it soon, it's going to get, like, flushed, you know? So anyway, I, I, I actually like this, this concept, right, of, like, effectively, they know that the, that the idol has been found because of this stained, you know, mark on the thing. They just don't necessarily know who has it. Although they figure that out pretty soon, too. I think there should be a chest in the woods that's locked. And there's a key for every survivor somewhere on the island. They get a clue to it. And if they find it, they can go unlock the chest and pull out the the idol. But then everyone else, when they get yeah. their key in the chest and they realize someone else has it. I'm I'm totally here for ideas like this, right? Like any way to kind of mix up the idol formula, because I honestly think this is totally off topic now. but the the issue in current survivor isn't that necessarily there's like too many idols being found and played but that it's the same every time it's like oh i wandered through the jungle i get a swell of inspiring music you hear a little bit of my backstory and i find it and you know this happens I mean, the music is a dead giveaway like if i'm yeah. walking through the jungle and suddenly like there's a swell of music i know i'm about to find an idol right yeah it's yeah. really well, unfair <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, anything else from this episode before we uh, I guess we didn't really talk a whole lot about the Todd Jamie scene, which was, of course, top tier. Jamie's uh, Jamie's like, you know. Hey, Todd, I know who has the idols. And if you keep me around, I'll I'll tell you. But he the joke, the thing is that he knows already who has the idols. Yeah. I think he played it pretty good. <laughs> he did. He played dumb pretty good. Yeah, but like his, his confessional, yeah, his confessional is so good. Like, that is my favorite confessional that has happened. I think on any survivor. <laughs> like it's so good. Man, I'm a, I want to like, I'm about to pull it up here. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to pause. Okay. Here, here's the scene that we keep, uh, keep referring to here. Anything about the idol over here? Well, I knew a little, but not much. Okay. If you can somehow just keep me here tonight, so I stay open, I think I know who has your immunity idol, and I know who has mine. Do you know who has mine? I do. Okay. And I'll tell you tomorrow if you can keep me around. And, you know, I acted all interested when Jamie told me that she knew who had the hidden immunity idols and that she was going to tell me. But she made it sound like someone from their tribe has one and someone from our tribe has one. <laughs> wow. Did she have to catch up? So <laughs> she's she's on the small bike in the back, you know, just pedaling as fast as she can. How'd you find out who got ours? Um, long story, I'll explain it. Okay. Okay. But, um, I've come to realize that I'm very good at playing stupid and <laughs> she's trying so hard and she's honestly doing well. <laughs> Such a good job with what she has. And it just is so unfortunate. It's precisely like, the wrong person to be talking to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's so good. <laughs> whenever you get whenever you're in a, a scene in Survivor and you get that precise sound effect, the like. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, that's you know, what it it's like, you know, it's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, not going to come come out well at the end of that scene. It's bad news. <laughs> bad news if you get the doink. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on here uh, to our to our goats in our participation trophies. Um, Adam, you're in first place. Why don't you start by crowning your goat and also awarding your participation trophy for this episode? Um, I mean, this is a I don't know. This is kind of a hard goat for me. Not a lot really happened. Um, I think there's a couple strategy ways that you could probably take this, but I'm actually going to go with Frosty. Frosty, the yeah, snowman. So, what did you say? I said Frosty the snowman. There was a great joke that Frosty made while they were trying to name their um name their tribe, where he pointed out yes. that he got put on the yellow tribe. Yeah, that he and PG both were put on the yellow tribe. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough look. <laughs> Tough look for Survivor. Uh, but no, but Frosty just had like he 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 listened to Jamie and PG and Eric. Like he he left that door open to potentially be a part of their alliance. He knew that the bigger alliance uh from Fei Long had the numbers, so he ran with them. So he played it smart. I think that he really is setting himself up to potentially have some big moves in this game. Um if he just actually has like more strategic initiative mm-hmm. and not to say that like, what he's doing now isn't good, like probably laying low for a grip isn't the worst thing in the world. So I don't know. I think that for us, they had a really great episode, but it was really low key. Yeah. Who gets your participation trophy this time? I think I am going to cop out and give it to Jamie. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> don't know anyone else. He deserves it more. <laughs> She just like she tried so hard and it ultimately was so futile and it just sucks. But trying so hard and doesn't even matter in the end. Uh, Emily, what about you? Yeah, I think it makes sense to give the. What's it called? Go. I was like the champion trophy. The champion. (laughs) I made that up Uh, to Frosty. I think same reasons Adam said. Um, did the scene with Eric when they actually found the fake idol, that was this episode, right? Uh-huh. Or was it the last? Yep. Sorry, Eric Scott. My participation <laughs> trophy? Yeah, for sure. Especially for recap. Fair. Alex, that really hit home for me when he was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric did participate. Yeah. I will give you that. That's yeah. all we can say I, about yes, him. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because I think, I think that Jamie really tried like super hard for sure eric literally just participated <laughs> yeah hey that thing's missing huh <laughs> yeah what do you say it, it said like someone who knows what happened but doesn't want to like raise yeah. alarm bells but he has no idea right. he just couldn't care less honestly <laughs> uh scott what about you um, I'm gonna make it a clean sweep and for Frosty. Frosty. Um, yeah, he like won immunity. Frosty had a good couple episodes, like this one and the yeah. last one. I feel like he he really took some steps. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, and yeah, Eric for participation trophy sounds great. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with that too. <laughs> it's a slam dunk, honestly. This is the mo- yeah. the the best example of a participation trophy so far. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. going to 
just for fun, give my goat to James this time. He uh, ends the episode with two idols. He's now yeah, got two idols. I'm on Survivor, and I've got two idols. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Uh, and yeah, he um, is in very much a powerful position. The only downside is that half the people in the game know that he has those two idols, it seems. So that's not great. But he does have them both um, and survives this first um, tribal council in which, you know, the fir- the merge boot traditionally is like a strong immunity threat. So and his name's not even brought up. So I'll give it to James. And yeah, it just has to be Eric for participation trophy. This award was made for him. <laughs> um, time for our fantasy update. This is a big scoring episode because every player who makes the merge gets a sweet 15 points. Um, so you are rewarded for having people in the game at this point. The slight edge went to Adam in that respect, as Jamie was in the game at the point of the merge. She also named the episode, so nice little parting gift for you as as Jamie departs. And so the scoring from this episode, uh, Scott's Human Beings Tribe pulled in 70 points. Emily's Le Jouer, you, you do pronounce the R. Jouer. 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 See, I'm 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 pronouncing it like uh like the um the participle like jouer you know to to game to play whatever. Uh, that's my problem. We're anyway, about gamer. That's right. Yes. Cool. Eighty points for this tribe. Um, as you get the bump from Frosty's immunity win. And then Adam's Buddha Boys pulls in another 95 points um, as they had one more member going into the merge. Also, uh, everybody on your tribe voted correctly this time, Adam. Congrats. That means our scores to this point in third place with 300 points is the Human Beings Tribe Scott's group. In second place with 325 is Les Jouers. And leading the pack with 365 is Adam's Buddha Boys squad. Um, Everyone's still within striking distance, though. The the lead seems to be... uh, There's some ground being uh, put between you and the rest of the group, but everybody is, is still up for it. If you could see how pleased he looks right now. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah, I'm up by, I, I went from being up by 15 points, 20, 20 points, I don't know, whatever it was, 25 points last episode to being up by 40 points this episode. Like, that's mm-hmm. great. I'm putting some out between. Uh, I'm sitting here with Jean Robert, who has his name written down for pretty much every single tribal council he's at. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with Denise, who is making no waves. For anything, I think she'll make it pretty far into the game, but like, I don't think she's gonna win. And I'm sitting here with James, who is the biggest individual immunity idol threat and has two uh idols, too. 
So yeah. like individual immunity threat and has two idols. So like I don't feel great about my position at all. <laughs> yeah, this is that's a great opportunity. I'd love for each of you to to tell me where you f- how you feel with where you're at, Adam. You feel less than confident with the squad bringing you into the stretch run. I really I don't. I feel like of the people on my tribe, James is a real shot to make it to the final. I don't think Jean Robert makes it to the final. I think he rubs everybody the wrong way and he's not going to win individual immunity enough to like keep him safe. I think Denise is great. I think that she is an incredible player in person in this game, but she's not doing a lot strategically. And I'm really worried that just ultimately she's just going to kind of fade away mm-hmm. in you know, similar to people who like hook their selves up to Rupert. Um, mm-hmm. Who, who you know weren't like just doing nothing the whole time but like just don't have that like real survivor competitive sure strategy thing you know yeah just happen so i don't feel great about denise either i feel like james is a real shot here but he's also such a huge threat i don't see how he makes it <laughs> he's got two idols he does have two idols um emily you're in second place rolling here with frosty eric and courtney quite quite a group um <laughs> How do you feel about your uh, your chances heading into the back half of the game? Honestly, the thing that speaks more to me is looking at Scott's team. I'm like, Scott definitely has the winner. I think Frosty <laughs> has a chance. I really like Frosty. He's really coming mm-hmm. into his own, which I'm proud of. Eric, uh, <laughs> he's a human being. <laughs> he got put on the wrong tribe. <laughs> yeah, love Eric, but, you know, come on, bud. You got to make some moves. And Courtney, she's like in with a good um, alliance. I just. I don't know. I think she's. Kind of making. Some enemies, I wouldn't even say that. I just I don't think she's super willing to. Give people a lot of trust Mm -hmm. in the name of the name, even Mm -hmm. she's just like, well, I don't like you and I don't want to work with you. And that's it. Like, yes, but you you have to, like, give a little bit. (laughs) She could be really disruptive at some point in this game, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know. Courtney is such an enigma in that way. Yeah, because I get her beef with Marbear, but when she's going off on Todd and Amanda, like, you're not my friends. Right. But also, I don't want to be your friend. I'm on top of this situation. (laughs) I'm like, come on, Courtney. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) So. Talk to Scott. He's got the winner. Yeah, Scott, what do you think about your tribe here? You're in third place, but your your uh, competitors here have deemed you as the front runner despite that. I know. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel okay. I've got um, Todd and PG, who I think are like the two most strategic players left. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like where, I like where Amanda's at. And I think that's it, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I I like the people I have. I don't know if they're going to make it because I could see it all blowing up in their faces pretty easily. So I don't know. But tentatively, I think we've got potential. All right. I think more to what I hear what you're saying, Scott. I think the benefit that you have, too, is you have the most strategic players and they're not playing together. Like Todd and PG are kind of on opposite sides right now. I think that gives you a greater chance. Well, and we saw in the teaser for next episode that Amanda might be gunning for Todd. 
So even Amanda's not fully in on the Todd camp, which means that she can be an independent, strong player in her own right. Yeah. So we got coverage. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. Have, you have a lot of strategic players. Right. All right. You have a lot, a lot of like leaders in these three things, which isn't always the best thing to have like early on. But at this stage of the game, I feel like it's what you want. You know, like last last season, you wanted David and uh, why can't I remember his name? Zeke. Zeke. Like you wanted David and Zeke. Like you knew that both of them probably weren't going to make it to the final, and neither of them did. But like you wanted them because they were going to drive this thing. This is true. I don't know, guys. You gotta be convinced. I might win now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should be saying, "Stop the count." Yeah, we have so much to say about it. We have so much to say about because we're jealous. So that's why. We're Extremely, we're, we feel so precarious in our positions, and we're looking at Scott like, "Look at that! Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. That being said, is anybody interested in um, pitching a trade? Nope. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing worse than not having the winner on your team is trading away the winner. On your yeah. Team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rather just let the cards fall. Yep. Gotta let it ride. All right. Well, I believe that'll do it then. Anything that we've missed? Couldn't possibly have missed anything. Nope. <laughs> you did it. Fantastic. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss our trip through the home stretch of this season we just watched episode seven and there's a total of 14 so we're halfway there next time on outwatch we will be recapping re-watching and reacting to episode eight of survivor china titled high school friend contest something that we've all been through um and you know remember fondly of course Anyway, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>